Tim's News Explosion. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tim's News Explosion on this Monday, the 23rd of January, 2023. We are live tonight on the Unshackled YouTube channel as last week's show was removed by YouTube for medical misinformation. So the Wilmsfront YouTube channel has a strike on it, banning live streaming for a week. Uh, we are still live as always on the Tim Wilms DLive and the Wilmsfront Odyssey channel. All Tim's News Explosion episodes, including last week's, are archived on the Wilmsfront Odyssey channel. So if you do have an Odyssey account, make sure that you go over uh, to my channel and uh, subscribe. Uh, so in case that this is the beginning of a, a series of strikes on both, uh, on all uh, Unshackled YouTube channels, uh, then uh, there's always the free speech Odyssey uh, platform uh, to live stream at uh, which uh, one of the, the the new big shows of of nationalism uh, premiered last week on on Odyssey, the uh, Joel Davis and Blair Cottrell show. Uh, of course, always on Entropy, uh, where you can send myself a direct question and send through a super chat. I see that uh, uh, my regulars have uh, made their way over to uh, the uh, uh, the other. YouTube channel. Hello, Lady of Shalott. Hello, P. Cosyman. I haven't streamed on this channel uh, since it would be the end of Trad Tasman talk. Uh, we are going to be going over uh, across the the, the Tasman uh, during tonight's show uh, because of the the downfall of a the World Economic Forum globalist young global leader Jacinta Ardern. So it is 8.30 p.m. here in Melbourne, Victoria, where the Australia Day Parade has been cancelled by the Andrews government uh, for the third year running. Uh, so this was uh, in the age. Uh, so in 2020-2021, uh, it was the, the official line by the Andrews government was that it was cancelled due to COVID. Senator Slayer, Tim, your tall forehead is sweating. It's the lights in here, and it's also another warm night here. And it's also the the the, the good uh, new camera that I'm using. It shows up uh, all of uh, my uh, features, including the the bad ones. Uh, so it goes through in this article the uh, the part of the the justification is that attendance at uh, Australia Day events dropped dramatically from 72,000 in 2018 right down to 2000 in uh, 2020. A spokesperson uh, for the Department 
of Premier and Cabinet uh, said Victorians are choosing to mark Australia Day in different ways. Now, I attended the Australia Day march in uh, 2018, Australia Day Parade, and it's basically like the opening ceremony of the Olympics. There's there's that uh, the Chinese Australians, Vietnamese Australians, Taiwanese Australians, Hong Kong Australians, uh, uh, and it's basically uh, celebrates uh, diversity. There was even Miss Transsexual uh, there marching in the parade, and uh, as was was Dan Andrews there. Uh, so it already been destroyed uh, by uh, diversity and woke, uh, but. Of course, uh, this means because there is no event celebrating uh, Australia Day in the Melbourne CBD, uh, it will uh, belong uh, to the uh, Invasion Day uh, protesters. I mean, soon it will be uh, completely illegal uh, to carry an Australian flag within the, the Melbourne CBD. Well, it's pretty much the case already uh, since uh, Senator Slayer Neil Erickson on Australia Day 2020 was physically removed from the Flinders Street steps uh, for being draped in an Australian flag. And uh, the previous year that, uh, Ricky T, he was almost uh, lynched uh, by a mob of, of savages for standing on uh, Flinders Street uh, steps uh, simply uh, for having an Australian flag. So yeah, basically it's, it's too dangerous according to uh, Victoria Police now, uh, to celebrate Australia in a major capital city. And so this article also uh, quotes here, just going back to the article, Marcus Stewart, the co-chair of the First People's Assembly of Victoria, an elected body to help develop a treaty framework for the state, welcomed the government's decision not to proceed with the parade. It's a positive step, step forward, but we still have a long way to go. We need to create a day we can all celebrate, not one that pushes us apart. And he called the parade a slap in the face and rubbed salt into the wound. So it's a positive step. It won't be proceeding. Uh, Marcus Stewart, obviously a, a very uh, Aboriginal name. Uh, so the Liberal opposition leader, John Pesciuto, said the cancellation was uh, deeply uh, disappointing. This is a popular family event that brought communities together and people into our CBD. It shouldn't be tossed aside without any explanation. Uh, now, there still uh, will be a, an event in Federation Square to reflect, respect and celebrate. And there will also uh, be a flag raising ceremony at Government House with a gun salute at the Shrine of uh, Remembrance. So a few uh, token, token Australia Day gestures uh, from uh, the Andrews government to basically show, oh, we're not cancelling it. We don't explicitly support changing the date, but we're basically pandering uh, to our, our base who hates it. And they've never proposed, uh, well, they've sort of, there's various proposals about what the date should be changed to, but it's all about destroying a national day of pride. If Australia Day was to be moved or there a new national day, uh, they still wouldn't like it. And now we have an Australian uh, female uh, cricketer uh, trying to, to make a name uh, for herself, uh, Ashley Gardner. I had no idea who she was until uh, she slammed uh, that uh, Cricket Australia uh, were having a game on Australia Day. It was the beginning of the, the genocide. 
And uh, so this is uh, Aboriginal Ashley uh, Gardner there. Uh, this is from XYZ and uh, David Hiscock says, why do lesbians always have to scratch their testicles? She is a lesbian. She's dating another uh, Australian uh, female uh, cricketer. And uh, yeah, so the the mainstream media they've now painted her as a as a victim now because uh, there's obviously Australians unhappy that uh, she's uh, trashing uh, Australia Day as you can see here she has a a very uh, Aboriginal uh, appearance there. Now, of course, we already have a, a woke uh, men's uh, Australian uh, cricket team with uh, Climate Crusader and Black Lives uh, Matter supporter uh, Pat Cummins. So, yeah, it only follows that uh, the Australian women's cricket team would want to have uh, some, so, so, some of the, uh, the virtue signalling attention there. Uh, now... Although it's divisive uh, to celebrate Australia Day in Australia, uh, celebrating uh, Lunar New Year is definitely okay. And that's definitely worthy of a personal video message uh, from the Prime Minister. If I've got it here, it's the one video I didn't, didn't download. Just bear with me. But yes, of course, uh, Anthony Albanese, his, his big, uh, big uh, push this year is the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice to parliament. Uh, he got stumped on an interview with uh, Ben Fordham on 2GB last week when he couldn't tell Ben uh, whether he's getting advice from the Solicitor General or Attorney General about how the how a constitutionally enshrined voice uh, would work and so he doctored the official transcript. There's also rumours that if uh, Australians vote down the constitutionally uh, a enshrined voice uh, that uh, he just might legislate it anyway. Anyway, this is Elbow's Lunar New Year message. To all who are celebrating, happy Lunar New Year. We love to mark this festival here in Australia. It's a highlight on our calendar. The extraordinary diversity of Australia gives a unique energy to our Lunar New Year celebrations bringing our friends and family together from so many different backgrounds and faiths. I sincerely hope that 2023 is a season of openness, inclusion and optimism for all Australians. I wish everyone a happy new year and a safe, peaceful and prosperous 2023. Uh, so that was uh, yesterday uh, for Lunar uh, New Year. And of course, uh, on the, the Saturday, Anthony Albanese uh, met at uh, Kirribilli House uh, with uh, Bill Gates of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and also uh, a representative of uh, Breakthrough energy uh, which, so, which is a, a re renewable energy company uh, which uh, also uh, Jeff Bezos is is on the board 
and also uh, there is uh, the, uh, the the chair of the the Chinese uh, group uh, Ali Alibaba. I'll get that. Uh, I downloaded about uh, fifty videos for for the the, the show uh, tonight. Uh, so I'm going to get you that uh, that uh, footage of. Uh, Anthony Albanese uh, visiting Bill Gates. I'll just go through some of your your comments. Uh, so, yeah, he was he was treated by Anthony Albanese like he was meeting a a head of state. It, it, and uh, of course, the, the, there was a the, the media were there to, to capture their uh, conversation. I mean, Bill Gates, he's basically he's. A, he was a tech billionaire uh, who decided to, well, uh, ease his uh, conscience by having so much money by setting up the, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And uh, also a, now he's uh, into to climate activism with Breakthrough Energy. And he's also on various boards of uh, globalist organizations there's the global fund uh, which uh, the albanese government uh, is is giving uh, 266 million over the next uh, two years if i just go to to that here uh, so yes sorry 242 million it's our sixth replenishment uh, uh, so of of 2020 to 2022, the 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 global fund, uh, which aims to uh, eliminate uh, malaria, tuberculosis, and HIV worldwide. Uh, so this is the the back and forth between Bill Gates and Elbow at Kirribilli House. A lot to do there, as you say. The uh, preparedness for the next pandemic is still a discussion uh, that hasn't been figured out. I love coming to Australia. And uh, just when uh, Bill Gates uh, arrived into uh, Australia, uh, a lot of people noticed coincidentally, there's a, a new local uh, strain of mosquito-borne encephalitis. Uh, remember, last summer there was a Japanese encephalitis, uh, which uh, uh, killed a, a number of, of people. It's uh, around the, the, the Murray River. These mosquito bites can be deadly. Uh, but now there's a, a local uh, mosquito-borne encephalitis, uh, which is the Murray Valley encephalitis uh, virus. So we all need to be alert and alarmed. There are growing fears tonight that a potentially deadly mosquito-borne virus has reached Adelaide. Let's go live to Hannah Ford with the details. Hannah, authorities aren't taking any chances. They sure aren't, Rosanna. A major operation has been launched to prevent the spread of Murray Valley encephalitis for which there is no vaccine. Today, mosquito traps were rolled out across the northern suburbs, including here at Mawson Lakes, after the virus was detected in insects collected in SA flood zones last week. Authorities are now desperate to confirm if mosquitoes in the metro area are carrying the virus so they can alert the public as soon as possible. Experts say while the majority of infected people show no symptoms, it can be serious, even fatal in some cases. 
Yes, there's no vaccine for Murray Valley encephalitis. Uh, there is one for, for Japanese encephalitis. So how come uh, Bill Gates uh, isn't uh, helping to develop one? Because obviously uh, malaria is a mosquito-borne virus. Uh, so we do have... Uh, like. Uh, Obviously, uh, it is something if he's uh, visiting Australia, um, because what he's he set a timeline for the next uh, pandemic. Uh, Bill Gates uh, that day a vaccine uh, be developed in the the first hundred days of the pandemic, and that's also the goal of, by uh, former Australian Health Department uh, Secretary Jane Holton, who uh, told. ABC uh, Radio Breakfast uh, this uh, last week. Over the last three years, hundreds of decisions have been made from lockdowns to vaccine mandates affecting your everyday life. And those decisions have been part of strategies and plans designed to protect you and the country from the worst of COVID. But a review handed to the government in September says Australia isn't prepared enough for what might come next. The author of that independent review, Jane Holton, joins us now. Welcome back to Breakfast. Happy New Year, Jane. Good morning and Happy New Year to you too. Well, I think we need to understand there's more in the world than just medical advice. And in this context, and with the work I do globally on trying to improve the speed with which we can develop what we broadly call countermeasures, but let's just call that vaccines, treatments and diagnostics, we want to know as fast as possible if there is a new and really difficult variant. Our objective, this is my organisation, CEPI, is to actually have 100 days from the identification of a nasty variant to when we first have a vaccine. This last pandemic, it was world-beating, but it was 300 days. And we know how many people died because we weren't fast enough. So we want to put pressure on everybody to make sure they have transparency about variants. Uh, so for the, the next uh, pandemic, uh, we won't have to wait 300 days. Uh, we'll only have to wait 100 days for a jabs to be uh, developed but obviously the the covid jabs that were developed after 300 days obviously uh, did not stop uh, transmission uh, so i'm not sure if the, the 100 day timeline is uh, to develop a vaccine which also prevents uh, transmission and now uh, bill gates uh, because he was uh, down under meeting elbow uh, he wasn't at the 2023 annual meeting of the World Economic Forum at their Davos lair. Uh, so Klaus Schwab, uh, the, the chair of the WEF, uh, greeted the attendees and uh, he had a, a, a new theme uh, for the, the 2023 meeting. Good evening. And a very cordial welcome to the annual meeting 2023. I express this cordial welcome on behalf of the Board of Trustees and my colleague, Borge Brendt, is the President, and all the members of the Management Board, as well as all the people who are here to make your stay here enjoyable and productive. We couldn't meet at a more challenging time. We are confronted with so many crises 
simultaneously. What does it need to master the future? I think to have a platform where all stakeholders of global society are engaged. Governments, business, civil societies, the young generation, and I could go on, I think is a first step to meet all the challenges. Now, obviously, uh, climate change mitigation uh, was a, a huge part of the, the panel uh, discussions. Uh, there was uh, Joe Biden's climate, uh, climate czar or special envoy, I think is the, the official wanky term, uh, John uh, Kerry. And uh, he, uh, he said this uh, made up this uh, alarming uh, uh, statistic about what is happening uh, to the species of uh, all over the planet because of climate change. You look at what's happening with species. Half the species of the planet have been already killed. And even uh, the independent verified fact checkers uh, debunked uh, Kerry's claim there. Uh, but uh, John Kerry wasn't as hysterical as another uh, failed uh, Democrat presidential candidate, Al Gore, uh, who, well, he's, his uh, latest uh, prediction is, well, it's uh, very alarming. Of the land and creating the droughts and melting the ice and raising the sea level and causing these waves of climate refugees predicted to reach one billion in this century. Look at the xenophobia and political authoritarian trends that have come from just a few million refugees. What about a billion? We would lose our capacity for self-governance on this world. We have to act. So in answer to your question, I would say we have to have a sense of urgency much greater than we have yet had, and we need have had, and we need to make some changes. And people say that Alex Jones and his rants sounds unhinged. Al Gore sounds unhinged in his rants. What about a billion climate refugees? Just yeah, throwing out ridiculous numbers there. Uh, now, of course, at the the World Economic Forum, they like to to plan uh, these uh, smart. Uh, cities, and uh, there was a Swiss uh, Greens MP who who spoke about the benefits of the 15-minute city. Important for for policies really to change the the rules of the game, no? So that uh, sustainability becomes the easier choice, not just for the people, but also for the companies, no? So also then. Um, changing the way districts work. For instance, um, I, in Zurich, we have a lot of districts where you actually don't need a car because all the activities, no school, um, uh, buying something, everything you can do in walking distance. No? And by doing that, no, people don't buy a car and it, 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 it's not felt like um, actually they would like to have a car and, and they're not allowed to have it, but they simply don't need it because the environment was built in a way 
that they don't need it. And I think this is what policy needs to, to, to do. They have to change the environment. So a sustainable lifestyle, uh, a lifestyle in harmony with nature is the easiest way to go. And, and also for the companies. No? And, and here perhaps a last point. I really like what you said on following through. No? We had all these nice commitments. We had the Paris Agreement. We also here at World Economic Forum have every year very nice co commitments. What's important is really to follow through and also to also shed the light. Sometimes you're very critical with those who are acting. Say there are, and we need to be critical no? and see that there's no greenwashing, but we should also put the light on those who are not acting. And I think policy needs to try, and I think, for instance, Biden's suggestion to, that the government only buys with companies who commit to Paris, who commit to science-based targets, I think that's a smart policy. So that policy tries to leverage also the action from, from companies and somehow gets all companies to act. You know? I think this is a smart way to do politics. You won't need a car and you'll be happy. Uh, it, it sounds like a, a young Klaus Schwab there. Uh, Klaus Schwab and uh, this other guy, they're basically ruining the, the Swiss-German accent. Uh, basically, any time you hear a Swiss-German from now on, you, you're going to be hearing a, a World Economic Forum villain in their voice. But, of course, with these smart cities... A lot of people have relatives that live in different cities. So, of course, uh, we, we see with the, the Oxfordshire planned climate lockdowns in 2024, you can still leave the city to visit others, but you have to get permission. Uh, now, he says here that, oh, we won't ban you from having a car. You just uh, won't need it. But uh, what if you want a car and you want to travel uh, 100, 200, 300 kilometers? Uh, but of course, uh, the, uh, the 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 planning for the next pandemic was also a feature of the the Davos uh, discussion, including from former uh, British Prime Minister and war criminal uh, Tony Blair, uh, talking about uh, digital infrastructure. I think there's a huge impetus now for a national digital infrastructure. Digitization in, in healthcare is, I think, one of the great game changers. You know, we should be helping countries to develop a national digital infrastructure, which they will need with these new vaccines. And then, you know, finally, it, it, it's, it's also about showing people and showing the political leadership that you can make a positive difference to your healthcare system by adopting these measures because they've got, a, they've got an impact beyond any particular disease and, or, or, or pandemic. Uh, now, uh, the man who hopes to be the next uh, UK Labour Prime Minister, Sir Keir Starmer, uh, was there and he uh, said uh, that uh, the current British Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, should have been in uh, Davos. Uh, now, obviously, they're, they're all talking about the, the next pandemic and the next vaccines. So how, like, if the goal now is uh, 100 days, uh, given... Uh, that, uh, well, Australia's uh, COVID mRNA vaccine rollout, it all has to be cryogenically frozen shipped to Australia. Uh, that's why uh, companies like Moderna 
uh, opening up uh, mRNA facilities all over the world, including here in Victoria. So this is its C CEO, Stephanie uh, Bansell, talking about the, the global building of Moderna factories. A lot of countries are forgetting. The pandemic is still ongoing. Still, as we say, no, a lot of people are dying every day, but a lot of governments are moved to other things. And that's a problem because we need investments in public health infrastructure, in healthcare workers, in genomic surveillance. There's so many pieces that need to happen. I mean, in, industry can do so, so much, but we need the governments to really keep at it because we all know there's going to be other outbreaks. There's going to be, God forbid, another pandemic, and we need to be much better prepared that time. Very excited now that we are building a factory in Canada. We already broke ground in the fall. We're building a factory in Australia. Uh, we are going to start a factory this quarter in the UK, and we're also going to start building a factory in Kenya. We're talking to a couple more countries, because I would really like on every continent to have mRNA capacity. And now the Moderna CEO, he looks like a clone of the Pfizer CEO, Albert Abrola, <laughs> which is like, uh, because I've been watching uh uh, the X Files. I'm up to about season seven, and one of the one one of the uh, episodes is about these uh, alien clones are all in these high positions in in medical science. They're all have different names, and so it sort of reminded me of that that the fact that the Pfizer and Moderna uh, CEOs <laughs> look almost exactly the same, like they could be some clones. Uh, now the uh, Pfizer CEO Albert uh, uh, Brawler, he was also there, and uh, there was a a new uh, spectacle outside uh, the the Davos lair, which I don't think that the World Economic Forum likes this development. That's the alternate media scrum and uh, Rebel News. Uh, they were the most prominent there. Uh, trying to uh, get a response uh, from Albert Bora about uh, his uh, vaccines and how the promise of preventing transmission hasn't eventuated. Mr. Borla, can I ask you, when did you know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission? How long did you know that without saying it publicly? Thank you very much. I'm sorry. To that question. I mean, we, we now know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission, but why did you keep it secret? You said it was 100% effective, then 90%, then 80%, then 70%. But we now know that the vaccines do not trans stop transmission. Why did you keep that secret? Have a nice day. I won't have a nice day until I know the answer. Why did you keep it a secret that your vaccine did not stop transmission? Is it time to apologize to the world, sir, to give refunds back to the countries that poured all their money into your vaccine that doesn't work, your ineffective vaccine? Yeah, you have a little bit of red. Are you not ashamed of what you've done in the last couple of years? Do you have any apologies to the public, sir? Are you proud of it? You've made millions on the backs of people's entire livelihoods. How does that feel to walk the streets as a millionaire on the backs of the regular person at home in Australia, in England, in Canada? What do you think about on your yacht, sir? What do you think about on your private jet? Are you worried about product liability? Are you worried about myocarditis? What about the sudden deaths? What do you have to say about young men dropping dead of heart attacks every day? 
Why won't you answer these basic questions? And now they, the Rebel News crew, uh, they also uh, were able to, to put a few questions uh, to a, the U.S. climate czar, uh, John Kerry. Secretary Kerry, do you think that the high price of natural gas is actually a helpful thing to get uh, people to transition to a green economy? I'd love to talk about it, but I just can't do it on the run. Can you uh, justify being here when you yourself take private jets? Can you answer that? But you've taken a private jet before... No, but you've taken a private jet before to collect a climate, climate change award. You have done that. I fly commercially. Exclusively. Uh, now, fresh out of her uh, arrest at a outside protesting a, uh, the construction of a German coal mine, Greta Thunberg was in uh, Davos, and uh, the Rebel News crew also uh, put a few questions to her. Greta, how did you get here today? What was your climate footprint in travelling here? <laughs> What's your plan? Every time a Western government implements a net zero policy, it's common folk that are suffering, especially in a cost of living crisis. Do you have anything to say on that? Yeah, it's horrible that people are being affected by by different things, like some the climate crisis and so on. People are being displaced and losing their lives. It's horrible. But they can't afford to eat or heat their homes because yeah. of the net zero policies. Yeah, that's definitely why we are experiencing the cost of living crisis, yes. I agree. Thank you. <laughs> Will you renounce violence? Will you renounce violence, Greta? Or do you support Antifa? You've worn an Antifa shirt before. Are you in favor of Antifa? Greta, how many times did you rehearse your arrest at the German coal mine? How many times did you rehearse it? Because it looks staged. Is it true? How many times did you re rehearse your arrest, Greta? How many times did you film your arrest, and why was it staged that way? Greta, would you say you're a child actor? Are you a child actor or an expert? How would you describe yourself? <laughs> Greta, are there any climate actions planned? While And now Greta's uh, staged arrest by the, the German police outside uh, that uh, coal mine uh, was, uh, according to Daryl Rukshan, actually directed by uh, James Cameron. I look at little retarded. Actually look, though. Actually look at things. <laughs> Now, it wasn't just the Rebel News crew who put questions uh, to the, the Davos attendees and didn't get much of an answer. There was a Japanese independent journalist, uh, Masako uh, Ganya, who tried uh, to put some questions to Klaus Schwab, but uh, this is what happened.
Just, just one more. One question. Uh, thank you. Take care of yourself. Where are you, babe? Bye. Uh, I can just smoke and ask you. Yeah, we're not. Thank you. No, sorry, we're in a big rush. We've got so many things tonight. But, but for us, but thank it's, you. it's very. Uh, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. You can, I can, he's got so many people stopping yeah, that yeah. if you were to stop for everything, yeah, we win. That's the unfortunate. Yeah. So I'm very sorry, but thank uh, you. But thank you for trying. Do, do you know the thank voice you. that uh, worry about globalism? Thank you. There are many thank concerns. you. Nice evening. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> And look at Klaus Schwab's car entourage there. Imagine all of the emissions there. And you saw as soon as uh, he learned that she was independent, he was like, oh, oh thank you. Uh, now, given that uh, the attendees, they had to, to walk these uh, long uh, media gauntlets with uh, not uh, the uh, friendly, receptive media they're used to. I think maybe for next year, they they might just ha design a, a a direct flight entry uh, on top of a, a mountain directly into the uh, the World Economic Forum lair. So they just yeah they fly over over Davos and then there's a landing pad uh, upon. The, the the mountain which uh, has all of the, uh, the the annual meeting facilities there why not make it full uh specter with a full mountain lair as well i mean you'd avoid any uh any uh form of scrutiny there but obviously you'd still say it's still broadcast to the world so you're still ad admitting to to what uh, you'd like to do uh, to the the people of the the world, uh, that the, the the international age uh, press agency Reuters, uh, they are the exclusive. Uh, they they uh, it's their cameras that are exclusively in there to to film it. Uh, so that's uh, the the World Economic Forum's official media partner. And uh, another uh, news agency, the Associated Press, uh, wrote an article saying, as elites arrive in Davos, conspiracy theories thrive online. When some of the world's wealthiest and most influential figures gathered at the World Economic Forum annual meeting last year, sessions on climate change drew a high level of discussion. And it goes on to hear that uh, uh, increasingly, mainstream corners of the internet I and mean, conservative search shows the great reset has been a shorthand for what skeptics say is a reorganization of society using global uncertainty as a guise to take away rights believers argue that measures including pandemic lockdowns and vaccine mandates are tools to consolidate power and undercut individual sovereignty 
In mount in time of mounting anxiety, the public has been more susceptible to falsehoods as conspiracy theories emerge as a tool to cut through the chaos. Reach researchers who monitor extremism say these beliefs are becoming more popular and more concerning. Oh no, a, none of that could possibly uh, be true. Uh, that uh, I, that uh, you know that. Uh, uh, that uh, these people are, are meeting uh, to, to plan out a course for society that uh, benefits them. What crazy uh, misinformation. Uh, now, obviously, uh, this uh, renewed uh, actual media scrutiny uh, wasn't welcome by the, the World Economic Forum. They had a bad week with the, the loss of uh, one of their uh, global leaders, New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinta Ardern, announcing uh, that uh, she would be uh, resigning at the beginning of February at the, the latest, not contesting uh, the 2023 New Zealand general election in October. And so today I'm announcing that I will not be seeking re-election and that my term as Prime Minister will conclude no later than the 7th of February. Uh, now, Facebook put up a warning uh, for people sharing uh, that uh, video to say it was manipulated media. It was another real Rickshan uh, masterpiece there. Uh, but there certainly were a lot of people celebrating in that style there. But of course, uh, the international uh, elites and, and media were all uh, sobbing uh, North Korean style at the, the downfall of their dear leader. Uh, the, the reason why uh, she uh, resigned, despite only being 42, and I wrote this in uh, my article on the Unshackled. Uh, she took the coward's route out to avoid uh, the judgment day of uh, the New Zealand voters. She had been consistently behind in the polls. Uh, the National Party, uh, led by uh, Lex Luthor lookalike Chris Luxon, a on current polling is able to form a coalition government with the Libertarian Act Party led by David Seymour. Uh, the people of New Zealand have been suffering uh, through an inflation rate of 7.2% for the year ending September quarter. Food prices uh, are 11.3% higher in December 2022 than they were in the December last year. Uh, youth grain crime has spiraled out of control. And of course, a, the, the standard of living has declined, even though she promised to make housing more affordable and end child poverty. Everything has just gotten worse. And uh, now she said that uh, she's uh, now going to, to marry her uh, fiance, Clark Gayford, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Gayford, they're, they're going to be uh, becoming. Uh, but uh, as I wrote, uh, Jacinta Ardern, uh, she is not simply going to retire to become a devoted uh, wife and mo mother. Uh, many people believe that her 
uh, ascension to the New Zealand Prime Ministership in 2017. It's simply a stepping stone for the job that she really desires, that's being Secretary General of the United Nations. Uh, so uh, Jacinta Ardern said that uh, she didn't have enough left in the tank uh, and in reserve to commit to another three-year term because she thought she would win the next election and have to serve another three-year term. Uh, well, uh, I guess she's sort of right about, uh, well, uh, her time in the, the role uh, having an effect on her. Uh, this, uh, uh, these photos of Jacinta Ardern as a young international socialist uh, and then uh, recently, uh, so uh, this was shared around globalism is literally turning her into golems. So she didn't always have such a long, <laughs> a long face. So kids, don't do globalism because you'll look like uh, Jacinta Ardern. And uh, the barbecue bulletin uh, went with the cheeky headline, Jacinta Ardern to resign as Prime Minister right in time to race for the Melbourne Cup. And uh, Stephen uh, Shavara shared nothing cooler than when actors walk away from the things that they just destroyed and uh, all those movie villains. And of course, Jacinta Ardern walking away uh, from a country that uh, she ruined. Now, I wrote in my article that there was a, pardon the pun, Melbourne Cup field of uh, potential uh, successes. Uh, to uh, uh, to uh, be the the next New Zealand Prime Minister, well, until uh, the next election, uh, because uh, they uh, the person taking on uh, the Prime Ministership, they'll be receiving a hospital pass. Uh, basically, they <laughs> they get to be Prime Minister, uh, but uh, are there to basically take a a defeat. And so there was only one nominee. And uh, that uh, was a police minister and a former COVID-19 minister, uh, Chris Hipkins, uh, known as uh, Mr. Fix-It. Now, even though he hasn't fixed uh, the, the youth uh, crime problem, and uh, he, he was as complicit in uh, Jacinta's uh, COVID cruelty as uh, she was, uh, he's still one of the one of the most competent ones in uh, the New Zealand Labor government, which it's obviously very, uh, it's very low talent pool there. But uh, now New Zealand has had uh, three uh, female uh, prime ministers. Uh, so Jacinta was the, the third. Uh, now, despite the, the glass ceiling uh, being shattered back in the, the 90s uh, by uh, uh, Jenny Shipley, who was the first female prime minister of the, the National Party, apparently Jacinta was hounded out of the job uh, due to uh, misogyny when she was just kind and empathetic, which of course was just a facade. As I just said, with COVID, she was nothing but cruel, locking out, for example, a a a, a pregnant uh, foreign correspondent who actually had to seek refuge in the Tal Taliban-run Afghanistan because uh, she was pregnant and unmarried. 
Uh, so uh, Chris Hipkins, he is the, the first male uh, New Zealand Labour Prime Minister since Mike Moore in 1990. Uh, but uh, according to him, uh, he has, uh, he, he is the, the first uh, New Zealand Prime Minister of a certain uh, characteristic. Absolutely. Are you New Zealand's first ginger Prime Minister? I think it was about time we had a ginger at the top, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure you could do the, uh, the research. How, how would you... See, ginger, he looks more strawberry blonde. I mean, we had a ginger prime minister in Australia, Julie Gillard. I mean, it was uh, pretty clear uh, just looking at looking at her uh, appearance uh, that she was a ginger. Uh, though when she dyed it, when she was growing grey, she, she chose the full carrot top uh, dye uh, as well. Uh, so yes, and uh, he looks, he's actually older than Jacinta, he's 44, uh, but very much looks like a boy man. And uh, this is uh, uh, Chris and uh, Jacinta in Hyde Park, London back in 2006. So he's hardly aged while uh, Jacinta Ardern, well, yes, she's, uh, <laughs> she's uh, had the, the globalist uh, rapid aging there. So we'll see, because he's only going to be in the job for uh, about eight months. Uh, he's going to be sworn in on Wednesday, so much quicker than the timeline Jacinta Ardern uh, gave. Uh, so we'll we'll see if he rapidly ages uh, as well. But uh, yes, uh, certainly uh, the people of uh, New Zealand. Uh, well, they were already waiting to throw out her government. Uh, they were waiting with baseball bats to to throw out her government. Uh, so they're certainly glad to see her go. And uh, certainly it means that uh, well, a, the the <clears throat> Her star stardust is uh, disappearing from the the international stage, but I predict she'll she'll reemerge on the the global scene uh, when a, the UN Secretary General's uh, position is next available. Now, uh, going back to a Australian news. Uh, uh, now, obviously, as I mentioned, uh, uh, last week's Tim's News explosion uh, was taken down for so-called uh, misinformation, and uh, it's likely that uh, there will be people who claim that uh, the, tonight's episode is, uh, has uh, contained misinformation. Like, I'm at the point that I don't care, like, what YouTube does. I mean, I'm still going to say what the news is and what is the the truth, uh, but uh, the Australian uh, Albert, uh, federal government uh, announced quietly on Friday that they were giving the Australian Communications and Media Authority new powers uh, uh, to regulate uh, misinformation and disinformation on digital platforms. So under the new legislation, so this is the current communications minister, Michelle Rowland, uh, this had legislation to be drafted by the former uh, Morrison uh, communications minister, Paul Fletcher. So it's bipartisan. So under the new legislation, ACMA can also register an enforceable industry code and make a standard should self-regulated code fails to address threat posed by misinformation and disinformation. 
So Michelle Rowland said, a new and graduated set of powers will enable ACMA to monitor efforts and compel digital platforms to do more, placing Australia at the forefront in tackling harmful online misinformation and disinformation. And uh, so the federal government will also undertake a public consultation through the release of an exposure draft bill in the first half of 2023 and introduce the parliament uh, uh, introduce parliament later this year so we'll be getting a well uh acma uh, will also be coming the the ministry of truth uh jacinta ardern one of her most famous lines is that uh, we will be your one source of truth uh well the albanese government uh wants to be uh, wants to regulate uh the truth as well now uh going on to uh local uh local laws uh against uh, well increasing laws to target uh hate uh also uh, there's there's pushes to increase uh those as well so victoria of course uh, was the the first state in australia to outlaw the public uh display of the nazi swastika now uh devere abramovich of the anti-defamation commission i he uh wants the nazi salute uh horizontal hand movement a to be made illegal so he uh, told sbs that uh he, he said the salute was another form of hatred and should be banned they use the hitler salute as a rallying cry to celebrate the murderous legacy of hitler i don't think they should have the law on their side to see a hitler salute it's as threatening as being confronted with a gun it's a weapon in my view it is unacceptable reality that in 2023 it is still legal uh, now it goes on to interview extremism expert uh, Josh Ruse at Deakin University. He said that while it could be effective, alt right and far right groups now use other symbols like the OK symbol for plausible uh, deniability. The challenge with making the Hitler salute illegal, as much as pot potentially desirable, is that same level of ambi ambiguity. An individual could say that they're putting their hand up in the air and you've misinterpreted the burden of proof which is actually quite difficult from a legal perspective have a look at context but a lot of effort and resources into prosecuting well uh victoria police have showed that they're willing to to prosecute uh, uh, uh patriots on obscure charges neil erickson uh convicted and jailed twice of uh disturbing religious worship like what if uh, there's a production of Greece and uh, there's a performance of, of Greece lightning where it's go Greece lightning like there's like because the, that's the hand movement there is that is that going to fall afoul of a hypothetical uh, Nazi salute ban now over in Western Australia I, this is the latest state to uh, draft a Nazi swastika ban. They want to actually ban the uh, possession of uh, Nazi uh, symbols. Uh, so it says the McGowan government will progress legislation to criminalize the, the display and possession of Nazi symbols in certain circumstances. The prohibition will extend to 
the display of tattoos of Nazi symbols. So if uh, Jamal and Roberts, the vanilla gorilla, wanted to go to the beach in Western Australia, uh, he would be committing an offence. Now, like, what are they, like, going to do, like, a, to if they make the position of a swastika, I assume that means in a private, private home, like, are they going to, to, to raid homes? Like have a SWAT team, if they suspect that there's a swastika on the, the, the premises, even on, on private, on private property there. And of course, how are they going to determine if like, like, uh, obviously they have to determine why the person's like, will well, just a swastika drawn on a piece of paper inside someone's home. Will that be illegal? And the police can come and raid raid, raid their home. And uh, will the mongrel mob uh, get a pass? Uh, well, that'll be interesting if it ever does come to uh, New Zealand. Uh, I think it'd be racist uh, because the the mongrel mob are, are Maori there. Uh, so, but uh, I'm not sure if the swastika has any particular Maori. Uh, Meaning, uh, we know that in Hindu, the the, the swastika uh, does. Uh, now, the going back to uh, Victoria, uh, the state government is actually a decriminalizing something, and that is public drunkenness because it's racist. Uh, because uh, what has has happened, sadly, in the past is that the police have arrested Aboriginal people. Uh, for being publicly drunk and put them in a jail cell uh, and some of them have died in custody. Uh, so Attorney General uh, Jacqueline Symes uh, uh, said uh, that uh, the new approach would expand on Australia to put a health focus at the centre of police responses. We want people to get a health response when they are drunk in public. Being drunk in public will no longer be an offence in its own right. Now, the uh, Victorian Police Union Secretary Wayne Gatt said these reforms would be negligent and reckless and uh, need replacement uh, move-on powers to authorities. What police will have to do in certain cases when no offence is being committed will be to sit back, watch, and wait for an offence to be committed. We think that's going to put the community at significant risk. Oh, my God. Imagine, like, the police having to wait until somebody commits an offence to actually arrest them. Uh, things were so much easier for Victoria Police uh, during the, the COVID lockdowns where everything was illegal. Uh, the, uh, the police officers who pepper sprayed uh, two journalists, including one who got compensation uh, from uh, Victoria Police, have been cleared by internal affairs. They'll place, uh, so uh, Professional Standards Command said that no members had been disciplined and that the complaints had been determined to be unfounded, uh, even though uh, they actually paid compensation to one of the journalists there and they were released with that without without charge as well this was the uh also the one uh, where the police uh, knocked down that old lady and pepper sprayed her in the face they also got away with that because the old lady did not want to cooperate with the uh professional standards investigation probably because she knew that they'd get off it anyway i mean the victoria police officers uh they've also got away with head stomping uh that uh, mentally uh, ill man and also choking that woman for not wearing a mask. The only one who's facing charges is the one who 
body slammed uh, that person's head into the pavement at uh, Flinders Street Station. Now going uh, just about to to get into to overtime, uh, so we will go to a the. U.S. news, and uh, so uh, there has uh, been a another uh, courageous uh, sports star who doesn't want to take part in uh, rainbow virtually si signaling, and uh, that is uh, the Russian national Ivan Prolov, uh, who's playing for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles in the National Hol uh, Hockey League. Uh, did not uh, want to wear a Pride jersey uh, during a game warm-up uh, because of his uh, Russian Orthodox uh, religious uh, beliefs. And uh, uh, this is what he said uh, when he was asked about it. Twitch says he respects the decision you made for religious purposes. Can you expand on that a little bit yeah i uh i respect everybody and i respect everybody's choices my choice is to stay true to myself and my religion that's all i'm gonna say any uh, like i said that's all i'm gonna comment on that um if you have any hockey questions i would like i would answer those so can you step so with the game tonight, Ivan, um, obviously Kevin Hayes got a hat trick and uh, Erasmus' first goal of the season. Can you walk us through the emotion that the team was feeling in that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, anytime somebody gets a hat trick in the game, that's uh, obviously a great feeling for them and for the team. And uh, on Risto, you know, it's been a long time coming, but uh, great, uh, great job on the PK, blocking the shot, getting uh, the puck and going up the ice, and then nice pass by Lots and uh, a great finish by Risto. Ivan, did you have any concern that not participating in warm-ups did you not hear what I just said? Questions. Can, you, can you respect that? Ivan, after the way that you... So he didn't say anything uh, hateful, just said he respects everybody, just please respect my religious uh, belief. But uh, the, uh, the U.S. and uh, Canadian... Uh, National Hockey League media went absolutely mental at him, and including that there there was this uh, one pundit on the NHL network who basically said, I'll play it for you, if he doesn't like our values, then he can uh, go back to where he came from. I think I've got it here. No, I don't. I had to, I'll get it in a moment. But yes, as Lady of Charlotte uh, said, his uh, pride, uh, sorry, uh, his, uh, his own jersey, uh, his normal uh, jersey, I should uh, call it, uh, sold, sold out. Uh, I, I didn't know who he was uh, until he, he made uh, this, this stand. Uh, so certainly... Uh, he, uh, there is a lot of National Hockey League uh, followers uh, in the, the U.S. and uh, Canada, who uh, cer certainly I uh, believe that he is a 
a player who is uh, both uh, courageous on and off the field. So yes, this is this uh, pundit uh, uh, saying that uh, Ivan should uh, go back to Russia. can get on a plane any day he wants and go back to a place where he feels more comfortable, take less money, and get on with his life that way. If it's that problematic for him. And he's been in North America for a long time. He played in the Western Hockey League. He's now been in Philadelphia for many years. If this is that much of a problem for him to maybe assimilate into his group of teammates and in the community and here in this country, that's okay, listen, you can feel any way you want. But the beauty is, if it bothers you that much, there's always a chance to leave Go back where you feel more comfortable. I understand there's a conflict of sorts going on over there. Maybe get involved. So. Uh, he's some NPC uh, woke uh, sports pundit. Now, wasn't it racist to say uh, to well, uh, foreigners, immigrants, if you don't like it here, go back to where you came from. But uh, yeah, if it's if it's a a woke issue that you don't agree with, then yeah, it's you, you can uh, you, you can tell them to to go back to their own country. It's it's not racist there. I see. Uh, I'm a stupid moron. Says, did you hear that? Uh, Ye might be coming out to Australia, but. They are already trying not to allow him a visa. Yes, because he married a, a Melbourne girl. Uh, I saw that, uh, guess who? Uh, Devere Abramovich uh, was uh, quoted saying that uh, he should not uh, be given a visa because of his uh, hateful views, even though uh, he said he loves everybody, has uh, never called for or incited violence. Uh, now, uh, from the rainbow jersey to a rainbow house of horrors, uh, a town hall, a conservative news website, did an outstanding piece of investigative journalism on this uh, horrific uh, a, a Georgia uh, suburban LGBT pedophile ring. So these uh, two a gay married uh, LGBTQ activist uh, adopted uh, two uh, pre-pubescent uh, uh, boys. Uh, they were in foster care because their uh, real parents were uh, heroin addicts. So uh, they were uh, adopted by a, they completed the adoption through a Christian adoption agency uh, amazingly and uh, so this four-part investigative piece uh, goes through all the uh, horrific detail of the uh, the molestations uh, they uh, performed on these boys and how they, they pimped them out to other uh, gay pedophiles as well thankfully uh, they uh, they have both been arrested and uh, in custody and are facing several life sentences. So they will never be uh, released. But there was a, a similar, a, a, a similar, a, 
uh, gay uh, couple in Australia uh, many years back who uh, pimped out uh, their uh, adopted son that they bought from Russia to international uh, pedophiles. Uh, uh, the ABC uh, radio actually inter- interviewed them as, as gay dads. Uh, uh, in the, the aftermath of their uh, arrest and conviction, ABC Four Corners aired an investigative piece about how uh, federal police tracked them down and rescued the boy, I assume, to make up for the fact that they'd unwittingly uh, promoted uh, these dads and obviously weren't aware of what uh, they were actually doing with that poor boy. So yes, uh, I'm not going to go into the detail of that. You can you can read it, but it's it's pretty horrific what they they did to those boys. Now let's stay in uh, Atlanta, uh, well in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, state Georgia, where there has been an Antifa riot uh, because uh, uh, one of uh, their members uh, was uh, shot uh, dead uh, outside. Uh, They are protesting what's called a, because the the Atlanta uh, Police uh, Foundation, they're having a new, uh, they're protesting a new police training uh, facility there and so because the the police uh shot uh, one of their uh violent thugs uh there's been a burning riot there uh but of course it is um mostly peaceful take a look over here if you pan over i want to show you this is what they were handing out at that protest so it was a largely peaceful protest where they just wanted what they're calling justice uh for to to uh, for to 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 so sorry uh, he just uh and right now um, you'll see basically they want uh justice for him And uh, CNN, uh, they, one of their reporters, told us not to call them violent protests. From, from the standpoint of, of the protesters, um, but as, as, as even the chief himself said, this is a small group. Um, this, this, isn't, this is also within this Defend the Forest movement. Um, there are no leaders, so people go off and do their own things. That doesn't just make them justifiable, but I, I do think that you know you keep using these words violent 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 um and it, it gives the impression i mean the only violence that that or, or the only acts of, of violence against people that i saw were, were actually police tackling protesters hmm. and you've been there you've been watching this i mean like do they seriously think uh uh, p- people are still swallowing uh, their bullshit uh, reporting about Antifa not being violent and be- and uh, being mostly uh, peaceful. Uh, now, the while uh, the capital of Georgia, Atlanta, burned, uh, the Republican governor of uh, Georgia, Brian Kemp, was over in Davos uh, speaking at the World Economic Forum. Base, <laughs> I'm not sure if he's he's back now to to deal uh, with this uh, uh, statewide emergency. And uh, so I'm a stupid moron. Said uh, check out uh, Andy No for all things. Uh, it is uh, I well I 
I'm linking to sharing the news source uh, from the Post Millennial, which uh, Andy No works for. And uh, Andy No, he also uh, debunked a, the a conclusions uh, that Democrat uh, politicians, uh, Chuck Schumer, Adam Schiff, jumped to uh, when there was a, a mass shooting at a Lunar New Year event in California, uh, which uh, the uh, suspect was actually uh, 72 years old and uh, was of Asian appearance and shot himself dead uh, when uh, he uh, was about to be a hunt, uh, cornered. Well, he was cornered by the, the local uh, police. So despite police not releasing the suspect's identity or race. Some liberals on Twitter were quick to pin down the horror and white supremacy and anti-Asian hate where all the facts uh, were known. And so Chuck Schumer said, we must stand up to bigotry and hate. Wherever they may rear their ugly hats, we must keep working to stop gun violence. And Adam Schiff said, a horrific example of needless gun violence with bigotry towards AAAPI individuals as a possible motive. Yes, they, they completely jump to uh, conclusions. And of course, there's, well, there's, there, there's Asian on Asian violence in Asia itself. I mean, uh, the Chinese don't like the Japanese and uh, Vietnamese don't like the Chinese. It's, they have like the Chinese and Vietnamese, they even have different animals for new, uh, uh, Lunar New Year. Uh, so in China, it's the year of the rabbit, but in Vietnam, it's the year of the, the cat. Now, obviously, I don't take anything away. The fact that 10 people uh, were murdered uh, in this, this mass shooting that is particularly sad, particularly on a special uh, day uh, for the, the Asian uh, community. But again, uh, it, it's like that they're hoping uh, these white liberals, I shall say, uh, that... Uh, that uh, a a mass shooting perpetrator is motivated by racism, sexism, homophobia, or something like that. Uh, that's the uh, that's the only mass shooting that they they really want to exploit uh, these days. And of course, um, uh, Andy No, uh, he a, a gay Asian man. He uh, well, he has been a repeatedly uh, targeted by white Antifa members. Remember, they poured a concrete milkshake on him uh, back in uh, 2019. Uh, so these uh, these uh, white uh, thugs, uh, they've been uh, terrorizing Andy No for a number of years. How come that's not white on Asian violence? All right, that's the end of Tim's News Explosion for another week. Uh, thank you, everyone, uh, for watching uh, once again. And uh, now there will be a still no Wilmstrand uh, coming up. I'll probably have to pick a new night uh, since uh, the uh, Joel Davis and Blair Cottrell show is uh, now on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Uh, uh, Melbourne time. Uh, so they stream to Blair Cottrell's Odyssey channel and Joel Davis's Cozy.tv uh, channel. Uh, I certainly enjoyed the the discussion of the, the first episode uh, there. Uh, so let me know on, on my socials, Telegram, Gab, uh, Minds, uh, what night uh, when Wilmsfront interview shows return uh, you'd like it uh, to be. 
Uh, now, of course, uh, make sure you keep checking out uh, the unshackled.net uh, for we've still got plenty of articles uh, being published now. And it's also got our Unshackled Productions archive. And uh, also, uh, if you don't want to send through a super chat, you can also uh, support the Unshackled by taking out an Unshackled uh, membership. Uh, by so we have a bronze five dollars per month, silver ten dollars per month, gold twenty five dollars per month, and platinum fifty dollars per month. Or you can send a one off a donation uh, at the uh, contribute link there. Uh, so thank you everyone uh, for watching. Uh, we will see uh, if uh, YouTube takes this this down. Uh, but of course the archives are always available on Odyssey as well. So thank you much uh, for, for those in the, the YouTube live chat for jumping over uh, to uh, the uh, the other YouTube channel there. The report from Tiger Mountain will also return soon as well with Richard Wollstonecroft. And I will see you next Monday. Uh, good night, everyone. And thanks once again for watching. Tim's News Explosion. 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 Tim's news explosion.